I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through the Tacklebox membership, and we think through startup strategy every Wednesday on the Idea to Start Up Podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, or you're ready to launch something, or you already launched something and you're running full steam ahead. We're here to help with the counterintuitive stuff. On to it. Today, we're going to talk about what is probably the least talked about and maybe most important skill for early stage entrepreneurs there is, writing. I think it's not talked about because people assume it's innate. Either you can write in a compelling way or you can't. Luckily, that is not true. Today, we'll build out a foolproof approach to make you write great copy for a landing page, an Instagram ad, a cold email, a pitch deck, a birthday card to your significant other, whatever. We will help you write something short and persuasive. We've talked about the rivers and dams model for finding problems that desperately need solving before. If you forget it, it's simple. Your customer is cruising down the river towards the thing that they really, really want. A quick example. Let's say your customer is trying to get into business school. They're on the river to HBS. They have likely been on this river for a while. Maybe they went to a good undergraduate college and got good grades, knocking down that first dam in the river. After school, they got a good job and excelled there, too, getting promoted and breaking down another dam. Then they picked the schools they were interested in, went to the information sessions, reached out to alums, damn, damn, damn. All the while moving closer and closer to spending a couple hundred grand in two years on something a library card could have gotten them. Kidding, kidding. But then, whack, they smack into a dam they can't get past without some help, scoring well enough on the GMAT to get into that school they picked out. Maybe this is especially hard because they didn't grow up in the U.S., so English is their second language. The verbal and written parts of the test are crushing their scores and their dreams. They're stuck. And maybe you, as an entrepreneur, have chosen to attack this specific dam to help non-English speakers nail the written and verbal sections of the GMAT. It's an important and overlooked dam, and breaking through it would create a ton of value for everyone. That is the river and dam mental model, and that is why I love it. It creates clarity around the moment in time that you live, the problem that you solve, the stakes, the customer. I was thinking about rivers and dams for our founders the other day, and I think the dam that stops most entrepreneurs dead in their tracks is writing. It's just unlikely that you've got any practice or experience writing compelling and persuasive short language to someone with no context of who you are. And it's even less likely that you'll innately write a way that'll convert customers. Landing pages, ads, cold emails, decks, writing about your value gets your business off the ground. If you can't get across your value, no one will ever try your product, which obviously means your trip down the river comes to an early stop. But if you do this well, it'll give you a boost like you just hit the big drop of the log flume at Six Flags, which was my favorite ride, by the way. I have seen messaging propel startups countless times. Just the other day, an entrepreneur in Tacklebox raised money from Mark Cuban because of a killer cold email they sent that was just a couple of sentences long. That will be in another episode soon. Writing clearly is a byproduct of thinking clearly, so we're going to start there. We'll teach you how to think about your idea and then how to present it. And we'll do it through the Tacklebox Keys to Writing, a four-step approach to messaging anything in a compelling way. And to begin, we've got to start with the best lesson of the four, the most important lesson, the hardest lesson, the one that says that you don't matter. And we'll do it after a little smooth jazz. Hey, lots of people are leaving us reviews on iTunes. We are getting more listeners because of it, and I thank you. It's magical, and I love it. It's also silly because I would never think to review the podcast that I love, but that is how stuff gets promoted and shared. 
Systems are systems, I guess. And now I rate and review all of my favorite podcasts. Thank you to everyone that's left a review on iTunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you like the pod, if this stuff is helpful, if you know who Penny Vaca Pete is, he'd want you to leave a review. Really, he'd just want you to go try his Penny Vaca. And as always, if you're working on a startup idea and want to flesh it out, let's do it. GetTackleBox.com. You're all the best. Back to it. The first Tacklebox key to writing is that you don't matter at all. No one cares about you. You're not interesting, and neither is your product. You're boring. Luckily, what is interesting to your customers, endlessly interesting, is themselves. And that is how you're going to get customers, by showing that you know something about them that they didn't think you knew. After you write every word that's meant to go out to a customer, reread and highlight the parts that are about you, then delete them. When Tacklebox members write first drafts of cold emails, I usually have to highlight about 95% of them. It's just unnatural for us to ignore ourselves and only write about our customer. It's hard. A good example comes from my favorite scene from maybe my sixth or seventh favorite movie, Goodwill Hunting. You've seen it. It's about a poor, troubled orphan from Southie who's a genius but spends his days mopping the floors at Harvard. A parade of psychologists try to get through to him to help him reach his potential, which, by the way, is my favorite cultural thing about the U.S. We hate wasted talent. It's the core driver of our country. We want everyone to reach their potential. Everything is organized around that, and it's beautiful. Anyway, in the best scene of the movie, Robin Williams is trying to break through to Matt Damon on a park bench, and he starts talking about how the veneer that Matt Damon shows, the confidence, the intelligence, the ambivalence, is transparent. About how he realizes he's just a scared kid from Southie. About how he was once that kid too. And most of all, that that's okay. He wants to help him because he's just that scared kid from Southie. Because he was once that too. And it works. He knew Matt Damon's secret. That he was actually scared. That the whole act was an act. Robin Williams was the only one to see through it. And Robin Williams was the only one who built any trust. Writing for your startup is a race to show your customer that you know something about them that they didn't know you knew. Something that very few people know about their process, their life, their goals and aspirations, the inner voice that they talk to themselves in. You've only got a few seconds to do it. You'll either blend into the background or you'll build an enormous amount of trust. Here are two possible ads for our fake GMAT company that we talked about before. The goal would be to get someone to trust us enough to give them an email based on one sentence and one sentence only. The first is this, quote, we built the most effective and comprehensive GMAT prep course in the world by getting our hands on 10,000 old tests and analyzing them for trends. The second, quote, if you didn't grow up in the U.S., the written and verbal sections of the GMAT are likely holding you back from your dream business school. We'll help you navigate them. I was curious about these two because obviously I think the second one's gonna do better, but I made two Instagram ads with dummy landing pages to test them out. The second performed 20 times better than the first. The first sentence is about you as the person building the thing. We built the most comprehensive. We got our hands, we tested, we analyzed. That is boring, no one cares about you. The second is about the customer. You didn't grow up here. You're trying to get into B-School. You're held up by the verbal and written sections. It's about them. Your writing will immediately convert 10 times better when you stop talking about yourself. Every word needs to have a job, and that job early on is convincing your customer you're worth their time. The best way to do that is to show that you already understand them on a level most people don't, which means you're more likely to be able to help them in a way others can't. Prove you know something unique about your customer and they'll trust you enough to convert. 
talk about anything else, and they'll scroll on past. Which brings us to the next natural question. How do you know this big secret about your customers? Or maybe you know a bunch of secrets. How do you choose which one matters the most? Well, you look towards the second rule of the Tacklebox Keys to Writing, choosing. Choosing is hard for entrepreneurs because choosing means you're leaving someone out. It also means you're making a decision, and most of the time it feels like you have nowhere near enough information to make an informed decision. But startups are the land of decisions with incomplete information. The only way to know if you've made the right decision is to make it and see how it goes. So first, we need to choose a customer that we're going to be speaking to. We need a specific customer because the thing we know about them needs to be specific too, and broad customers have broad insights which don't convert anyone. Maybe I'm embarrassed that every Friday around 3 p.m., and for the record, right now it's Friday around 3 p.m., I go outside my office to the Chick-fil-A across the street and I get nuggets and a lemonade. Maybe they even know my name there. If you're selling me a product that's meant to help me with self-control, if you say, quote, we'll help you stop your Friday afternoon Chick-fil-A habit, holy cow, am I interested. If you say, quote, we help you fight cravings, I'm not interested at all. That's not actually about me, not really, and I'm not stupid, so I'm not going to think it is. I'm slightly exaggerating with the specificity of the Chick-fil-A example, but also I'm not. The point of copy is to persuade someone to do something. If your business is new, and presumably if you're listening to this podcast, it is, this writing might be all you've got. Persuasion is specificity. Specificity leads to trust. To be a good writer, you need to choose. But what if you don't know who to choose? Create a hierarchy with three parts. First, the specificity or uniqueness of the insight you've got. Second, the quality of the problem that insight latches onto. Is that problem frequent, urgent, painful, expensive, growing? And third, the superpower you'll give your customer by solving that problem. Whatever insight scores the highest on that scale, start with. Also, you can test a few. That's the beauty of being specific in your writing. The insights are specific and singular, so you can match them up against each other in an A-B test with things like Facebook or Instagram ads or cold emails or however you're reaching your customers. There's a company that recently pitched me an Excel product. It is slick. Basically, it translates text into formulas. So if I had a massive spreadsheet with a ton of historical sales data from a retailer that I wanted to sort through, I might type in English, look on the individual sales tab, and then in columns A to F and rows 1 to 8,000 and tell me how much money we made on cardigans. And the product would then create the formula that I would drop into a cell. The founder made this in the first place because he worked at an investment bank and was ridiculously slow at creating Excel formulas. They also always broke, which is a problem. So whenever he had to create a new formula, he would just search through tons of old spreadsheets until he found the exact formula he needed somewhere else, and he would copy and paste it in. One night, he was having a drink with his team after a 16-hour day. In a moment of weakness, he admitted what he did. He was actually terrible at Excel, he said. A huge faux pas in the banking world, apparently. Immediately, four other people on the team burst out laughing and said they did the same thing. They'd taken Excel courses and they had YouTube videos on how to do this stuff tagged, but they still couldn't make it happen. They were mortified that someday they need to actually create formulas in a pressure-filled situation and wouldn't be able to do it. So the guy reached out to his brother-in-law, who was a developer, and they built the product. He sent me his landing page. At the top, it said, quote, we make Excel easy. Then below, it said, we've built a tool that helps make Excel formulas a breeze. Type in what you want Excel to do, and it'll do it. Then, 
Quote, never used Excel but want to learn? We make it easy to get up and running. I asked, who is this landing page made for? Well, people struggling with Excel formulas, he replied cheerily. He's a delightful guy. Honestly, I think he's just happy to be out of banking. Pick someone, I said. Tell me who exactly this is for. We did a little who's on first for a while as he told me it was for someone struggling with Excel before realizing he was mashing customers together. The thing was for investment bankers to start. That's who he made it for, but he wasn't messaging to them. And when you look at our criteria, specificity of insight, quality of problem, superpower if it's solved, it's obvious. This product should only be for bankers to start, maybe ever. So I asked him to pick a coworker who had the problem and write him a letter. The letter would tell him what he'd made. It came out like this, quote, I know you don't actually know how to use Excel to create the complex formulas you're supposed to be able to make. I made something that makes formulas as easy as just writing what you want the formula to do in English. No more searching through old files to try to find the exact formula you need. Great. Now we need to tighten that up. Quote, investment bankers are Excel wizards, except you. We won't tell anyone. Type in English, get Excel formulas back. Then the call to action, quote, I'm ready to stop endlessly searching old Excel docs for the perfect formula. Once that went up on the website and he started putting it in front of investment bankers, it converted like crazy. We call those specific actions that customers take, something like searching through old documents for formulas, inflection points. They're breadcrumbs that let us know this person is our customer and let the customer know we know who they are. You find inflection points through being close to the customer you choose, which brings us to the third Tacklebox key to writing. Don't actually write anything. This is where our bad writers, or people who think they're bad writers, shine. The way to get great copy is to not write great copy. It's to speak with your customers and write exactly what they say. If you don't know how to do customer interviews, I'll pop a few of our episodes that teach you how to do it in the show notes. Conversations with customers validate your idea and give you clarity around initial personas, but they also give you copy. A travel company went through Tacklebox a while back, hoping to get people to travel on a budget. Interviews made it clear that there was a very specific customer segment that cared less about where they were going. They cared way more about how much it cost. They wanted to go everywhere. They just wanted to do it for cheap. Multiple times, customers said things like, quote, I always just put in the dates for Thursday to Sunday, then sort by cheapest flights. Then I look for cheap accommodations, and it's annoying because I have to do Expedia gymnastics in a bunch of different tabs to tie together a cheap trip. My goal is round trip, flight and accommodations, under 400 bucks for a long weekend. I don't care where I'm going. I just want to get there cheap. Traveling is the point. So the product became that, a tool that let you put in your budget and see flights and accommodations that added up to less than that. The copy became what the customer said, quote, you don't care where you go. You just want to get there cheap. Travel somewhere new a couple of times a month. Then the explainer copy, quote, no more Expedia gymnastics to find a weekend trip under $400. Search by price, not by destination. People immediately reached out saying how incredible the copy was, but the founder didn't write any of it. The customer did. Speaking with customers allows you to collect inflection points like their pogs in 1997. Listen to exactly what they do now to solve the problem. Listen to the process, then flip it around. The more specific and unique the inflection points, the higher the conversion rate will be when you flip it around and send it right back to the customer as your messaging. Listen and say back exactly what was said to you. 
The final Tacklebox key to writing is that the way to create memorable messaging is to be concrete and familiar, nothing new. Our entrepreneurs make a bunch of mistakes when writing copy, but two are huge. The first is trying to sound new or innovative. Nobody wants anything new. They want something familiar and safe. The less cognitive overhead you require, the more likely the customer will be to give you a shot. You're new to them in the first place, and they're likely focusing a small percentage of their attention on you. You'll lose them with anything that isn't completely familiar. You'll gain attention the more specific to them you are. Familiarity, I think I'm saying that right, converts. If I say, quote, we're building an AI-driven app that'll leverage your daily activities to help you maximize sleep efficiency, you're going to be lost before we get to AI. But if I say, quote, you eat within an hour of going to bed because you get home late from work, eating within two hours of going to sleep leads to poor sleep, and you know that. But it's hard to stop. We help you eat earlier. While it's more words, you get it. You eat late, and you know that's bad for you, but you don't know how to stop. I know you know it's bad, and I'm going to help you stop. Done. How I do it doesn't matter at all. Remember the first rule. We don't matter. Only our customer does, and our product is part of us. The second big mistake early stage founders make is adding a slogan and thinking that that is copy. Something like fast, simple, beautiful. I know you're trying, but those are so, so bad. A slogan is a generic group of words about us. Generic things about us are not interesting. Specific things about them are endlessly interesting. Remember that. Way back in the day with our good friend Joey Cafone from Baron Fig, we talked about the attention pie, and I still think about that mental model constantly. Every new thought you have dilutes all the others. So if I say our app helps you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed, I've diluted our ability to help you fall asleep, our ability to keep you asleep, and our ability to help you wake up refreshed. Rule number two, remember it. Pick the customer, pick one problem, focus on it. You're having trouble falling asleep because you eat too late. Solve that problem, build a business around it. At Tacklebox, we belong to the Sound Bites Only Club. All our messaging is built to travel. Simple, concrete language travels. No one remembers three vague things. People might remember one specific thing. Being specific lets the customer know who it's for. If it isn't for them and someone else brings up the specific problem you're solving, they're armed to share it. If you meet someone who says they're dying to travel by budget, not destination, you're going to know where to send them. If you meet an eye banker embarrassed about their Excel skills, you'll have a suggestion. People love being helpful. Make sure your copy is specific enough to let them do it. There's a bonus rule, and if you made it this far, you deserve it. That rule is, when all else fails, just describe the gap. The best messaging can happen when you just describe the gap, where your customers are now and where you're going to get them after they use your product. Toss in inflection points, be specific, talk about the before of your customer, and talk about the after. This messaging can be really compelling. Something like, you work at an investment bank and it's stressful. You spend your day in Excel sheets, walking on eggshells that your VLOOKUP is formatted incorrectly. When you do need to make a new spreadsheet, you scour the old ones for the perfect formula, not trusting your Excel skills, and hoping that it translates perfectly. Your bad skills are your secret. We're going to change your life, though. Now, when you need an Excel formula, you'll come to our site. You'll write in English what you want the formula to do. We'll transcribe it into a formula you can copy and paste into a cell. That's it. Writing compelling, persuasive copy is mandatory. The four keys to writing should help. First, you don't matter. Every word you write is an opportunity to prove to your customer you know something about them they didn't think you would. Second, 
Choose a customer so the secret about them is more specific and compelling. Third, don't write any copy. Just say what your customer said to you. They are the best copywriters in the world. Fourth, be concrete and familiar. And the bonus, when all else fails, just describe the gap. Easy to say, hard to do. And I'm actually considering creating a whole one-off course on this. If you'd be interested, head to gettacklebox.com slash how to write and sign up. You'll get 50% off and you'll tell me it's worth making. This was the Idea to Startup podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. You got a startup idea and a full-time job? Let's help you figure out the former so you can leave the latter. Give us a shout at gettacklebox.com. Have a great week.